This call is being recorded. We take this time to, um, uh, this is the first part of the training dealing with salvation, what salvation um, consists of, and talking about the kingdom of God, uh, talking about what happens when you're living in God's kingdom and when you're, when you're saved, and not, not only were you saved, but um, having an understanding what the kingdom of God consists of. You know, a lot of people, a lot of people, um, they get saved and they don't really know how to really, they wonder why, um, uh, the way that I, I could, could explain it, it's like stepping into, say, nursing or stepping into a field that uh, you went to college for, but you never fully had any training. So you're like, what do I do? Even though I've heard about um, for years in college, uh, these type of things, how do I actually function in this? And that's what uh, this first part of the believer's training uh, and, and, and class has to do with. That how do I function in the kingdom of God? Um, how do I live in the kingdom of God and allow the Holy Spirit and allow the presence of God and allow God's character to move through my life? Uh, so the first thing is uh, that we're going to begin to deal with is just salvation. A lot of people, when you hear about the word salvation, it comes from the word salvage, which means something like say you go to a junkyard, right? And they're about to throw it away, but you but you take it and you take it home with you. That item has been salvaged, and the word salvation that's where it comes from. God through the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and what Jesus Christ did on the cross, He salvaged us. We we had no hope. You know, we were living without God. We didn't want anything to do with God, and we were lost. Lost, meaning that by the way that we thought and the way that we lived, we were going somewhere that we didn't know where we were going. We were going to hell, and we were going in a, in a, in a, in a direction where we were breaking God's laws. So this training is going to give some more understanding into salvation. And, um, and also for those that's listening through the recording, uh, I would encourage you to take notes. And um, this is this is really question and answer also, and not just not just teaching. So we're gonna have some questions being asked, and if you answer, and if you notice with the disciples when they followed Jesus, they had a lot of questions. What amazes me today is how the people who follow Jesus Christ today they go to church and they don't even ask questions. They don't even want to learn. They're not even open to asking questions so they can learn not even realizing that when the disciples first followed Jesus and when they first got saved, they always asked Jesus questions. They was always seeking to learn. That's what a disciple means, a disciplined learner. Even Jesus, when he was uh, 12 years old, he was found in the temple asking, the, asking questions about what it is to, to follow um, God, to follow the Father. But we have believers today that think they know everything. So, so the thing is, it's good to ask questions and it's good to um, get dialogue so we, so uh, we can um, learn and get those questions answered. And so, also, the more you begin to know about God's kingdom, the uh, 
the more you begin to be able to know how to live in his kingdom and you can tell the difference from those who say they live in his kingdom, but they're really not. They're actually still unsaved and don't even realize it. So, um, so that's the first thing. You have anything you want to add? Yes. And we want to make this as understandable as possible. Just remember when you were in the world and you, like the things of God was basically silly to you. They didn't make sense. You thought it was boring. Um, you You really didn't have a desire for God. All you wanted to do was what you wanted to do and how much things, like things that you wanted to do to the fullest until you realized that the things that you were doing was unfulfilling. You realized that out of all the money you uh, could get, out of all the fame you received, out of all the relationships that you thought you had, or whatever whatever it was that you may felt that was going to fulfill your life, you realized that you were still empty, okay? And then when you realized you were empty, it caused you to look for something more deep down inside. You may not have said it, or you may have said it, but it caused you to look for something greater because you were unfulfilled. And I just want to add that salvation is for those also who understand and know that they're useless, that life is useless without the true and living God. We were not created to exist without him. So those people out there, you know, it's like, okay, how much sex you can have? How much drugs can you have? How much money can you have? You know that that could make you feel like you're, you know, that you're whole. Truth be told, you can give a billion dollars and still be empty. So I just wanted to um, add to that that, number one, we salvation first begins with you realizing that you cannot, in addition to what has been said, which was awesome, that you have to realize that you – cannot live or survive without him, that you know that you need something more, that those things from the past is no longer fulfilling to you, and you don't know why. Amen. And the thing is, you know, I want to highlight, I want to highlight this scripture in Romans um, chapter 10, verse 13, it says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And what a lot of people don't realize about that is that they stop, they stop there. But let me show you. Um, let me just get right into it. It says right here. Actually, I'll read the whole thing. But it says, verse 9, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes 
and thus hath the righteousness, and with the mouth one confesses, and thus hath salvation. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. So, the thing is, we we read verse 13, but I wanted to highlight something. That See, a lot of people, they they think that, oh, you know, I just prayed a prayer, and that automatically makes me saved. I, I, I prayed when I was 12 years old. I went up to the altar, or whatever age, and boom, I'm saved. And they went back to the way that they lived. What? They what a lot of people fail to realize is that that when the Bible talks about with the heart one believes unto righteousness, meaning that in your heart you have a pure and genuine heart toward God, and you say, Lord, I want to be saved. God sees your heart, and righteousness means that right standing with God that has to do with your deeds, your actions. When you when you believe in your heart and it pushes you to action to where your lifestyle lines up with God's will. You, in other words, if, when people look at your life, they can see that a change has taken place. If one person, say one person, they go and they ask, uh, they call in the name of the Lord, and they say, oh, you know, I'm saved, but they continue to live the way that they live, versus the other person who does the same thing, but they their lives have been changed, and they change the way they, they live. Which one... God will be more pleased with. Of course, we know it's the one that is living the word of God in their action. So that shows that it's not enough for you to just stay with your lips and your heart does not change to the place where there's righteousness in your life. Righteousness meaning right standing with God. That that it's not enough to just stay with your words. It's just like if somebody says, I love you, but they continue to make do actions that prove they don't love you. Jesus took it a step further. He said, why call me Lord, which means ruler, and don't do what I say? So so we see that salvation is deeper than just, just a word, and you just saying some words. Salvation, the core of salvation and you being saved is with word and deed. Is with word and deed. So I'll take it a little bit step further. Uh, so we can get more into it. Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 6. This is what it says. It says, Although you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you formerly lived according to this world's present path. So the scripture is saying, you were we were spiritually dead, because of our transgressions. What does transgression mean? It's also connected to that word trespass. When you go on somebody's property and you trespass, you're not supposed to be there. You're breaking the law. And when we were living without God, we were breaking his laws. We were spiritually dead, one, which means we were separated from God. Number two, we were committing transgressions. We were breaking God's laws. That's where you get the word sin. Sin is breaking God's laws. When you sin before, when you make a sin before God, that means you broke God's law. God saw you, you broke his law, and now you have committed sin. That's what sin means. So it says we all lived according to the world's present path. The whole world is going on this pathway. Look around, look on the news, look around your community, look around you. 
everyone wants to break God's laws because it makes them feel good. They love sin. It goes a step further. According to the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the ruler of the spirit that now is now energizing the sons of disobedience. So who is this ruler over the air? Which is the, even though you can, uh, you, it's just, just like you see the air, you can, you can't see it, but you know it's there because you're breathing it. Well, in the, it's talking about the spiritual world where demons exist, where you, 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 you know, you may have heard people get demon possessed or you may have, uh, 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 heard of the devil, things like that. You can see the devil operating and bringing temptation to people by the way that they live, and when you talk to them about God, they don't want to serve God. They love sin. They love temptation. They love what the devil brings to them. The devil is the ruler of 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 this of uh of the of the air, and also he's the ruler of those who live this way. And it says in verse three, among whom all of us also formerly lived out our lives in the cravings of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, even as the rest. So the scripture is showing us that we all live this way, including myself. We, when, Before we knew Christ, we all lived in a way where we were following the world, we were following the devil, who, if you know about the devil, he is the evil one, he is the one who hates God's word, he hates the people of God, he hates the church. And so the children of the devil, they act just like him. We all used to be like that. But but how do we operate like that? When we when we we were we when we had in other words, I want when I wanted to um have sex before marriage, when I wanted to curse, when I wanted to do all these things that's against God's word. I enjoy these things. I enjoyed living in the flesh. I enjoyed, I enjoyed um, sinning against God. And so because of the way I lived and because of the way we lived, God's, God's anger was against us. So God, he loves people, but he hates the sin. So, so we were, by the way that we lived, it's, we were, that's what the Bible says, children of wrath. We, it was like we was living just for the wrath of God to fall in our lives. Verse 4, it says, But God, being rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even though we were dead in trespass and transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you are saved. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. So the Bible is clearly saying that God in his mercy he loved us even when we were in our sin, in our transgressions. And because of what Jesus Christ did, he made us alive. We, won, we was once dead in our sin, but now that we're in Christ, we're not alive spiritually. We're alive so we can hear God's voice, so we can hear what the Lord's saying, so we can have new desires. Now I love spending time with God. I love hearing the word of God. Because now I am alive because of Jesus Christ. And it's only by the grace of God that this has happened. 
so that's why it says, by grace you are saved. It is only by God's favor, God's love. It's nothing we did to deserve this. It's by grace. And he raises up with, he raises up and causes us to sit with him in the heavenly places. When Jesus Christ rose again and he went to heaven, he is far above death. Death can't touch him. Sickness can't touch him. He overcame everything this world sent toward him. And because you are in Christ, you have now have you now have the um, 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 access where you can overcome the very same thing that Jesus overcame. How did he do that? He did it through the power of the Holy Spirit. Because you have the Word of God and the Holy Spirit in your life, you can now overcome the same sin and the same transgressions that 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 uh, that this that plagues this world. So. Um, I wanted to just highlight that before we get right into it. That that the, when you when in, in in salvation, it's so important to uh, when you understand this, you can understand why why um why why you're saved. Why are uh, not only are you saved? Why why is it that you've made the change and you can see that you're not the person you used to be because you was once dead. And now you're alive in Christ. You when you you didn't just stay with your mouth. You believed in your heart that 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 not only Jesus Christ was uh, 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 alive and that He rose again, and that if you call on the name of the Lord, you shall be saved. But in your heart, you genuinely wanted to change, and the and 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 God gave you the power through His Holy Spirit to make a change. So, do you have anything you want to add? Yeah. All right. So. Uh, go ahead and answer that, sweetheart. Yes, um, and I also want to say, like, when you get saved, you're not just being saved from your sins, okay? You're you're stepping into a family. You're stepping out of, uh, you're stepping into royalty. Now, you instead of you receiving wrath. For disobedience, you're now receiving receiving an inheritance. What God has had already um, desired for for us since the beginning of time. The Bible says in First Peter two nine. Give me a second. Let me pull it up. That we are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, peculiar people. Hold on, I'm still waiting. I'm forward to load. First Peter two nine. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own, so that you may proclaim the virtues of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So now not only God is so good, not only he forgave you, you you have eternal life. You're walking into the blessings of God. Now you are adopted into a new family, which which is in Christ Jesus, which is the kingdom of God. And then, guess what? You're royalty. <laughs> I don't know about y'all. But I'm excited about that. Your royalty. So now 
every king has an inheritance for his children. So now, so now that you 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 walking in in holiness, everything that God had ever desired for you to have from the beginning of time is yours. What did He tell Adam and Eve? He said, "I give you everything." Hallelujah. I give you this earth and the fullness thereof. All I just want you to do is be fruitful and multiply. We, When he talked about fruitful and multiply, he's saying that I, I'm blessing you. I'm giving you this earth. You are my child. I walk with you. I talk with you. You live forever. And now I want to share this love and this blessing with more people. So now I want you to have kids. I want your kids to have kids, and I want your kids to have kids so that they can step into this blessing. Now let's look at it from a spiritual perspective. This is why God, when we get saved and we have stepped into salvation, guess what? Now God wants us to continue to share that goodness with someone else. And someone else, someone else. It's it's like God just want to pour out His love on every single person, every single person that He could. So that's why He loves evangelism. That's why He He's big on you showing that love of the love of God. That's why He is strong on you living holy. The Bible is not a book of just rules. The Bible is his love story to mankind. And it just gives you instruction to live holy to avoid the it's to avoid the hardship that this earth brings after the sin of Adam and Eve. I love that. So now your family, your royalty. And the other scripture that I want to share is in Romans eight. One moment, let me pull that up for you. Okay, now listen to this. Romans 8, verse 12 says, so then, brothers and sisters, there you go. You're being now identified as family. First, we were bastards. We didn't receive, you know, we didn't have, we wasn't, we were not connected to the Father, Right? Even some of us in the world, we have lost mothers, we have lost fathers, we have lost loved ones. But now that we come into the kingdom, we're family. So this is why we are addressed in Romans 8. Check this out. It said Romans 8, verse 12. So then, brothers and sisters, we are under obligation not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. Simple. But if by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who led by the spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery leading again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Hallelujah. The Spirit himself bears witness to our spirit that we are God's children. And if children, then heirs, 
namely heirs of God and also fellow heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, so we may also be glorified with him. So now, God is letting you know right now, what is an heir? That's like, okay, if the king, you know, he has his castle, he has his chariots, he has his jewels, he has his every costly thing you can think about. Even in the, today's terminology, think about it. Your father is a boss, right? He is a billionaire. He's a trillionaire. So he got Bentleys. He got Maseratis. He got diamonds, rubies. He got gold. He got stocks, real estate, all of that. Now, if you are an obedient child to the father, if he passed on, he not only you you are able to experience the blessings of him being alive, but if he passed on, all that is passed over to you. So we receive not only the spiritual inheritance of Christ Jesus, but God also has natural things that we do inherit once we come into sonship. Yeah, and amen um, to that. And I want to take this time that uh, for questions. Uh, what do you think when you hear about um, when you hear about sonship and that we are children of of the King, uh, the King of Heaven, Jesus Christ? When you hear about that, uh, what do you think about that? Like, what are your thoughts about that? Anyone there? Hello? Yeah, what are your thoughts about uh about that? Like when you hear about um about you know, that uh about being a child of the king and that we are called to um as those uh, who walk as um as children of the most high and uh being a being a being that God is our Father and that He is the King, like, what is your thoughts about 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 that? I feel like that's a gift. Amen. Amen. A gift. That's good. That's 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 a really precious gift. You know, and the, yeah, and the thing is, a lot. Of, you know, there's a story. Um, Jesus used this parable. It's in um. Let me see. Uh, it's it's the, called the prodigal son, and it's in um, Luke chapter fifteen, verse eleven to thirty-two. I'll just keep it uh, short. There was a story that Jesus used of uh, the uh, a father who had an inheritance inheritance for his children, um, his two sons. Uh, you can read it for yourself, but I'm just gonna just highlight this. The father had a lot of possessions, but that child, he he um he wanted his inheritance now, and because he lacked the wisdom, uh he he ended up receiving his his inheritance, but he misused it, and he came back and was like, hey, you know, father, after some time, he was like, hey, father, um. Um, I'm not worthy to be called your son. You know, I'm, I've squandered everything with prostitutes, all that stuff. 
and the father restored that child, his son, back to where he was. And Jesus used that parable to describe how it is when the a child of someone who was once not saved becomes saved, and they start finding out about the inheritance of Jesus Christ in the salvation package. They start finding out that they are called to be a child of the king of heaven. That makes them a young king or young queen. They start finding out that um, that uh, they was once lost, but now they're found. They start finding out about living righteous and living holy and things like that. Uh, I tell people all the time that, you know, when they, you hear about holiness and living holy and People, you know, they, they, they just think that it's just something you do and not realize that, no, it's not what you do. It's who you are. And there's a big difference. When you are a king or a queen and you realize that you are that in God's eyes, why you don't allow filthy language to come out your mouth? Why you don't, why you don't operate like how the world operates? It's because you know who you are and what Christ has done for you. He has made you royalty. He has made you a queen. He has made you a king in his sight. I've never seen a queen just sleep with anybody. What, who she waits for? She waits for her king and she waits for marriage. It just makes sense because she realizes that there is royalty connected to her. She realizes that her future children is, is going to be royalty, and she just can't connect to anybody. That's why it amazes me how people, in even in the church today, who says that they saved, they're always trying to find somebody to connect to in the form of a boyfriend or a girlfriend. These individuals do not realize who they are yet. And when you realize who you are, you won't pick just anybody. You would go, you would pray, you would fast, you would seek the face of God. You would, um, you know, you would, um, you would not be in a rush. Why? Because you, you realize that since you are royalty, you can't just do anything. I love that. I love that, too. I love that, that gift that you mentioned. Hallelujah. And I also want to share just a small portion that we can go on and on and on of the gift <laughs> that we receive um, once we become children of God. One last one that I wanted to mention is that not only, okay, you receive the royalty, you, you become a son of God, you receive eternal life, okay, you got now you got destiny, you have God, uh, you know, teaching you and giving you the wisdom from heaven and how to deal with life, and then God, blesses you with his power and his anointing. My God. So now you're walking as a little God on the earth. The Bible says that we shall be called little gods because our father is God. And and not just anybody can walk in the power of God and walk in the anointing of God. Now you have the the ability to cause the blind to see. You have the ability to to heal the sick. You have now, God has now given you the ability to do as Jesus has done and even greater. So the, the, the miracles that we have seen in the, in the, um, in the scriptures when Jesus came and, and 
even after Jesus left and went with, to be with the Father in the book of Acts, you saw his disciples doing even greater than he did. So I just wanted to add that that the list just goes on and on and on. And then with that same power and anointing, he has given you power and authority over all the works of the devil. So the very devil that was punking our lives before we um got saved and we were heading for destruction, now we got power over him. So we now have the power to tell the devil to get out of our house, get out of our mind, get out of our finances, and, and be gone in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, any, uh, does anyone have any uh, more questions? Do you have any uh, questions you wanted to ask about what, what we're discussing thus far? Okay. All right. So here's the thing. I have a question. What What do you think? is a part of when you begin to walk in who you are in Christ as a king, as a young king or a young or a queen, where your father is, who is Jesus Christ, the king of heaven and earth. What do you think that looks like? Personally, like, what do you think about? Oh, is anyone there? Can you repeat the question? Oh, okay. Uh, you, you you still there, so? I'm still here. I just I just okay. went to a quiet place just now. I didn't hear the question. It's, yeah, that's fine. What What do you think that uh, when when a believer, when a a child of God, male or female, gets saved? And they realize that God, as their father, is the king of heaven. And they are uh, his child, that they start realizing that they are royalty, that they are a king and a queen also. What do you think that comes along with that? What do you think will take place with that individual? There's no right or wrong answer. I mean, what do you think personally? Well, I, I know. Okay. Go ahead. Go ahead, Wayne. I think they're going to experience extreme joy just to know that they're royalty. And they're going to have a ridiculous high sense of duty because, you know, God, I mean, their father is the king of heaven. So it's like um, they're not going to purposely want to do anything that's going to jeopardize that or ruin that reputation. Wow, amen. And what do what you think, so? Yeah, I was thinking, uh, like, basically, you you would have to, I know at first it's going to be hard to, you know, break the bad habits that you already had already. And, you know, as long as you, you know, keep believing and 
that is you're able to walk into royalty and have that you know standard whatever you had like even if you had a bad attitude you'd be able to fix it real quick because you know that that's not allowed in the kingdom of heaven yeah well well, i I don't know if you understood the question like uh that that's good that's true what you said but i want to make sure that you just like uh what the question was is that how like when, when that individual say you know uh someone they just get saved they find out that they are a young uh, a king you know um or a queen and that their father is the king of heaven like uh uh what what do you think will be what do you think that will cause what do you think will be the greatest change in that person as far as like their perspective on how they see God and how they see the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, I didn't hear that question because you were going in and out. Okay. Um. Yeah. Okay. You you oh you you hear me clear? Hello. Yeah, like I don't know. I guess I'm. I gotta move. Hold on. <laughs> Oh, that's well. That's 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 fine. Well, yeah, we'll come back. But I, I'll um, I want to highlight um, I want to highlight what Winston said. How, how, it's a change in the per, in the person's perspective. A change in the person's perspective. You know, most people when they see God and they see church or they see being a Christian, they think of it of I have to stop just sinning, and they don't realize that it's deeper than that it's when you realize who you are that you are royalty that your father is the kingdom king of heaven that you are in a kingdom a spiritual kingdom that that you know when we think about heaven when you think about heaven you think about just like the bible said it's streets of gold and jesus said he goes and prepares a, a place for you and there are many man- mansions in heaven and things like that. Um, when you think about heaven, the kingdom of heaven, heaven itself, where God dwells, which is great, God dwells there. But that same kingdom is operating in your life in the form of of you realizing who you are. When you realize who you are, guess what begins to take place? You realize that I can pray to God and that he hears me. I can make requests my father and my father uh w- w- would answer me i also realized that as a as a as a uh, as royalty that um that when it comes to sin it's not that i i i um i just don't sin it's that i realize who i am and living this way is beneath me that's beneath me why because i know who i am I'm not like everybody else. I don't operate like everybody else. And because of that, uh, because of that, uh, people people will notice the difference in how I live. They'll notice the difference in how I speak because I begin to, I'm starting to realize and believe who God says I am. And that's the big difference. See, a lot of people, they just trying to stop, oh, you know, I just need to stop sinning, Lord. No, you need to find out who you are. You need to believe who you are in Christ. You know, 
when when you when you when you believe who you are, the change comes just naturally. It does because when when you know there's um I used to use this, but if if somebody comes up to you and says, oh uh like say they come up to me and say oh your name not Jason, and I say no it is because I got my birth certificate I know who I am you're not going to convince me and tell me that I'm somebody different. Well, that's what the world and the devil tries to do today. When sin and temptation comes, it tries to tell you that you are not what God says about you. But when you resist temptation, you're telling the devil and telling people around you that, no, this is not who I am anymore. No, I am not that person. And I have changed because I believe what God has said about me. You want to add to that? So, hey, man, you. So we're gonna come right back. You, uh, you got it now. Uh, so, Sophia. Well, I'm in a quiet case. I only got one little bar, so I'm listening. But it's kind, of, it's in and out. Oh well, it's, but I, it's yeah. Fine. All right, all right. But um, but I think that was real. I think that's um, that's real powerful. See, the thing is, the thing is, if you notice, even on this uh, the believers uh class today. And uh, as this is recorded, those that's listening even um, through the recording that, that the thing is, a lot of uh, people in the church, I think the more they understand this, they wouldn't have such a struggle with sin. I, I really believe that. You know, when you believe that you are precious, that you deserve nothing less than the best that God has, you don't settle for for the way everybody lives. You know, when someone says, oh, you know, just do this, it's not that bad, you say to them, yes, it is, because that's not who I am. When you believe, it's just like this. If you are Michael Jordan's child, you know, Michael Jordan, famous basketball player or whatnot, if you're Michael Jordan's child and and somebody tells you, you know, nothing bad with it, but somebody tells you, you know, oh, man, you ain't rich. You need to eat at McDonald's for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. You're going to look at them like you're crazy and say, oh, no, I'm not. Because my father is rich. And because of his money, I got money too. So it's the same thing spiritually. Why eat McDonald's spiritually when you can eat from God's table of uh, of, of royalty? In other words, God is saying, God says, I've called you to uh, uh, be pure. I called you to be holy. Uh, um, I have a plan for you. And you believe those things. But people around you may say, oh, you, you're not changed. Or oh, you're still the same old person. Or oh, they're trying to invite you back to the same places. No, you got to let them know. Like, hey, I know I have changed. I believe what God has said about me. And I will not uh, sacrifice what the Lord has for me and my inheritance for what what you're trying to offer me. Just like the Michael Jordan situation, no, I know I'm rich, and I will not partake of uh, and, and, and be eating McDonald's every single day. No, I will eat the best. So another day, there's anything wrong with McDonald's, you know what I'm saying? If you want a burger, you know, go ahead, get your burger. <laughs> if you know, you know, I love McDonald's apple pies, you know. But I'm just using this as a spiritual example that that when you realize who you are, 
the things that used to that used to make you feel good, that used to get you excited, is no longer get you excited, and it no longer makes you feel good anymore. The more you starve your old life and you feed your new life, your old life will soon die, and your new life will be alive and living. But if you starve your new life and you feed your old life, your old life is going to be living. And your old and your new life with the Lord is going to be slowly dying away. So, so that's that's the first uh, session for today.